0: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Bridge Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the bridge. So I've been talking about uh, leading like Jesus and the habits that leave a legacy. Now, um, everyone say Ron. Ron taught last week and it was on fire. It was so good. Um, he taught about legacy, so I'm going to just build upon that because he, he talked about it on a zoomed out level, and now we're going to zoom in on how do we actually go about leaving a good legacy behind. You can read with me on the screen in the New King James in Proverbs. It says that the fruit of a righteous tree is life, and he who wins souls is wise. It says in the message, you can read with me, that a good life is a fruit-bearing tree, but a violent life destroys souls. I mean, these are some of the things that Ron was teaching on last week and and, and we look even further and we look at what what is righteousness? Like, how do I become that tree? Because I want to give life I want to bring joy. I want to bring hope to the people around me. So how do I do that? Man, the scriptures are telling us it's being by, by, by living out this righteous life. So what is that? It means someone that has strong conduct and good character. It's someone who's justified and vindicated by God, meaning saying, God, I realize that I need you as my savior. I realize I need to repent. I realize I can't live life for myself. I must live it for you. And that's the fullest life, God. That's what it means for us. So you and I, how do we seek this conduct and character? I want you guys to seek out good conduct and good character from a place of identity in Christ. What does that mean? It means that you're a child of God and that you are right with God because of what Christ has done for you on the cross. If you're living out strong conduct and good character from a place of identity and the fact that I'm a child of God, I think you're going to be that tree that's going to produce life. See, the key is producing what God has called us to produce, right? So from my theologians, it says in John 10, 10, I have come, this is Jesus talking. You guys finish it for me. I have come that they may have what? Come on, let's go. Like we're talking about life. We're talking about life tonight. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. What proverb did we just talk about? What kind of tree do we want to be? A tree of what? Just said it. Tree of life. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Well done. Yes. Okay. Have you guys ever heard the expression, you reap what you sow? Yes. Okay, yeah, right? So what we plant, what happens what we, with what we plant? It what? It grows, yeah, well done. I don't know you, but you're already answering questions. Good job, bro. Yeah, welcome. Uh, what we plant grows. See, we can't plant an orange tree expecting apples, can we, right? Ron showed two pictures, right? And some of these, like, like, like I think it, it was a peach tree, right, Ron? Was it, were those peaches? Man, I, was everyone else thinking of the Justin Bieber song when you showed that picture? Are we, all, Megan, was thinking it with me, right? Okay, yeah, let's go, let's go, right? Man, and 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 it was like this just just nutritious, beautiful looking fruit, and then we looked at these haggard, bad looking peaches that were just not—they didn't have life at all, right? See, Ron's teaching, it maybe want to be about God's agenda. It maybe me want to go out and seek and save the lost. Because why? Because I want people to have life the same way that Jesus Christ has given me life. That teaching about legacy, it made me want to still have an impact on people even after I'm gone. Not in a prideful way, but in a godly way. And we talked about legacy. We talked about what are we leaving behind. So what impact... Are you having or what impact are you really not having? Right? See, we want to have impact. I want you to want to have impact, but that can't happen without what? Godly habits. So, we talked about legacy last week, and tonight we're talking about habits because you won't leave a legacy at all. You won't have impact at all without godly habits. John Maxwell, he explains, I can predict the long-term outcome of your success if you show me your daily habits. Because Jesus Christ came and died for us on the cross, who now lives inside of us? Holy Spirit, right? The same power that is Jesus Christ from the dead now lives inside of us. We have the purpose of life. While other people are looking for a mission, we're on mission So you guys might be like in this series, once again, talking about leadership. But because we have these things, we must lead people to truth. We all have influence. We must care about legacy. As Christ followers, we are called to care about the impact that we are having and what it is that we're leaving behind. But we can't say we care about legacy if we don't have good habits, right? So look at this with me on the screen. I wrote down that it is habits that we practice today that determines the legacy we leave in the future. If you want to know who made that up, it was me, right? You guys can retweet it. You can post it on Instagram, right? Okay, all right, all right. No, any jewels that were in my crown are now taken away. Um, and to be honest, like, the, like, I sure, I didn't, like, look up a quote, but we've seen that quoted, like, five million times one way or another, haven't we, right? See, um, does anyone know who Devin Booker is? Yeah, you guys know. Um, Boozer, do you happen to know when Kobe Bryant gave Devin a pair of sh- his shoes, what he wrote on there? This is major quiz time right now. Come on, I knew you would know, bro. He wrote on there, be legendary, right? And I think that in some ways we want to be legendary. And we can't be prideful with that. The world's like that, right? We're not talking about being legendary for our own glory. We are about the glory of God, right? We lead like Jesus as servants with humility, right? But I do want to leave legacy, right? And I want to live this legendary life. I want to look back at Elijah. I want to look back at Paul. I want to look back at John the Baptist, right? Man, I want to have impact of the way that they've had impact. And we can because they didn't even have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. And we do, but we can't be legendary. We won't leave a legacy if we're not practicing godly habits. But here's the thing. Good habits take discipline. We hate that. It takes, on average, I believe, 66 days to actually get a habit as part of your routine. And, and that's not easy. You know, And in some ways it's humbling for me to come up and talk about habits because, like, this isn't a great gift of mine, to be honest with you. So there's some things I'm going to teach you tonight that I'm practicing. There's some things that I certainly need to be growing in, and it's going to take discipline. But, man, my friend Jocko, he says it like this. He says that discipline equals freedom. And that is true. When we arrange our day so that we can glorify God with our life, you're gonna live that fullest life. You are gonna be a tree of life. But I ask a question for you. Is who are you becoming by the things you're doing? I'm gonna ask it again. Who are you becoming by the things that you are doing? Why is that important for us to analyze? Why am I repeating that twice to you uh, register it? It's because we are, what we repeatedly do. We are what we repeatedly do. That's why habits matter. So you're being formed or you're being deformed based on what it is you're doing and what it is that you are practicing. So we must be intentional with it. Now, I'm gonna get into the practical side of the habits now. See, while I was writing these, I was super tempted to just kind of give you like, like a point on a, like this is good for you to know. This is wisdom for you to apply, right? And so that'll be trickled in here, but I really wanted to make it like, like, like wisdom is not always the same thing as a habit, right? I mean, we're talking about things that we're gonna do so that we can have a life that when we look back on like Paul, we can say, man, I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. And if we're going to have that, man, man, yes, we need wisdom, but I'm, I'm working on trying to li- live in the lane of giving you guys habits tonight. Does that make sense? So let me share with you guys the first habit. Wake up at the same time every morning. Does anyone do this? Johanna, how's that working out for you? Really, Why? Let's go. Johanna's like, I'm already living it, man. It's teaching. You guys need it. I don't need it. I'm living it. Well done, Johanna. Proud of you for that. For real. That's really really incredible. A- anyone else doing this? Caleb, Caleb what, why? What, what, what's going on there? I just feel like I I Okay. Okay. Man, the, the health benefits are incredible. It means, man. I'm planning my day. I'm waking up with intentionality. Like, man, the, the life is calling for me, and I want to wake up. I don't want to miss it, right? So, so, man, it, and it's incredible. Like, man, how how good this is for us to do. Because there'll be times, man. I know this um, this former chief of police out in coco that even if he's up to like three or four in the morning, man, he has a discipline. He still wakes up at five thirty. He's got his body so trained that even if he wanted to sleep in, he couldn't. And in the long term, the amount that, that brings success into his life is just incredibly beneficial. But, man, I'm thinking, I'm like, like that's a habit I want. Man, I know the health benefits of this. I know how good this is for my body to get on, on a rhythm like this. Man, I had a doctor, a neurologist tell me one time in the hospital, and he's like, if anyone could just do one simple thing in their life, it's just wake up at the same time every morning, Right. It's really good for you. But even Jesus, you can look with me at Mark one thirty-five. Barely in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house. He went off into a solitary place and he prayed. Man, scripture after scripture talks about how Jesus, it says that he would often wake up before daybreak. Now on average, when does the sun tend to rise? I'm hearing a lot of different things. I, I would say 6.30. Who said that? Okay, P- Peterson, well done, my friend, right? But like, as we know with time changes, right? Because I, I, speaking of, I hate the time change. We got to be done with it. We got to, why? Because you don't practice this habit. We're moving on. No, I'm just kidding. It's good. It's because like, six months, I'm like, oh, like, the sun is out longer. Okay. I sometimes get an extra hour. I know. Sometimes it's cool. Six months out of the time, though, so it's horrible. So up and down. I get it. Okay, all right. Well, good job practicing the habit of gratitude, okay? Currently, I'm struggling with it in this area. Yeah, there you go, there you go, right? So Jesus, man, he, he's probably waking up at a pretty consistent time, right? See, before the rush, before, man, people start clamoring for attention, right? There's a demand on your life, even as high school. You're the busiest group of teenagers out of any other generation that's ever existed. There's demand on your life. So we need to be like Jesus and meet with God before any of that. We're going to hit on that more later on tonight. Here's the second thing I want you to understand is I want you to encourage at least one person a day. Does anyone know what their spiritual gift is? And I'm not going to ask you what it is. I just want to know if you have a general idea of what your spiritual gifts are. We got to, we're, we're going to work on this. Michael, I know you know, right? Okay, okay, good. Some of you guys know. Excellent. Good, good, good. Okay. See, do you guys know that there's a gift of encouragement or a gift of exhortation? You knew that? Well, now you do, right? But here's the thing. I love that people uh, take on a certain gift. Like if someone has a gift of a prophecy, right? They think that it gives them a right to be buttheads to people. They're like, I oh, just say it like it is, right? So I'm just going to tell you how it is without a filter, right? Or uh, some people talk about how they have a gift of teaching, right? And they have a gift of administration, but then they don't want to stack chairs, right? Well, I don't, I'm not gifted in service. I'm like, well... If you're not gifted in ser- servanthood, then you're probably not going like, to do very well like, in the, like, leading like Jesus, ultimately, right? But here's the thing. I think sometimes we can box ourselves in with these gifts, right? Man, as Christ followers, we are called to encourage each other. And this is just a simple practice, man, that I try to do. I try to be really intentional and encourage at least one person a day. Right, and here's the thing: you might be doing that and not even noticing it. But there's power in actually being intentional with it and actually noticing it. Read what Hebrews three thirteen says. It says, "Encourage one another as long as it's still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin." Now, how do you know if someone needs encouragement or not? I heard Principal Tim Flay say this, and I liked it a lot. How do you know if someone needs encouragement or not? Are they breathing? that's the question you ask if you should encourage someone that you might be hesitant right you might be like ah like that's going to be weird man we all need encouragement man we need to follow what it is saying here in hebrews 3 is encourage each other while it is still today right that is a beautiful thing for us to do right so be intentional at lunch and encourage people check on people's souls help their souls encourage a soul See, C.S. Lewis, he would say this, there's no such thing as mere mortals. We're all drowning. Many people we know are drowning in depression and anxiety and encouraging someone with scripture could change their life. And we need to practice the habit of encouraging people. See, Jesus even breaks for water at a well would turn into life-changing moments of restoration for people because he encouraged them and he exhorted them. And when we look at that text, do you guys have that text in Hebrews 3? It says that it appears that it does something to us as well. It keeps our hearts soft. It says that, man, if we're not encouraging people, we could be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Man, it's good to encourage people because it takes the focus off of us, right? Man, I love self-care. Do you guys like self-care? But here's the thing about self-care. Right. I just bought my wife a massage for Mother's Day. Father's Day's coming. If Rihanna asks you guys what she should get, maybe I want a massage too. All right? You know? Okay? So, but here's the thing about self care. Like, I think about myself a whole lot. Like, I don't need to be like intentionally thinking of myself. Okay? So, I think encouragement does a good job of taking the eyes off Jackson for a second right? And you're, you're being intentional with someone else. When it takes the focus off of us, this is a good thing. Look at what it says in Proverbs 11, verse 25. It says that the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Feels good to be nice to people. Feels good to encourage people. It's good for your soul and it's good for their soul as well. Here's another one. Here's the next habit. Habit number three. Because of time, I'm going to skip Habit 4. we are going to jump to 5 in a minute here. But I want you guys to be the first one to say sorry. Now, do you guys have parents that tell you you're sorry? You're, I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. Right? Does that exist? Right? My parents didn't tell me they're sorry a lot. You know what? They, they did, but it just wasn't often. Okay? Okay. Um, and I, I think, I hope as a parent, right, when Spencer's a teenager, I want you guys to call me up from wherever you're at with successful careers or whatever. But like Jackson, you're saying sorry to Spence when you screw up because I know you're doing it, right? And hold me accountable to that. Man, I didn't get that a lot. In fact, I didn't see that even with my mom or dad. They wouldn't tell each other they were sorry often. So by the grace of God, somehow this is a habit that I do tend to practice with my wife, right, and, and, and prayerfully, like my, my friends and, and the people that I'm with, is I want you guys to be the first one to say you're sorry. And even in spite of where you're coming from, maybe this hasn't been a thing in your family, you start in your family, right? You guys start practicing this habit now, and it's a habit, it's a discipline, right? It says in Romans 12, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. So, who like, do you guys love to compete? I love to compete. Do you guys like to compete? I love to compete. Very right, right. I've seen Jackson play sports. I don't even think he's a Christian when he plays. Right, you're out of control. I'm just kidding. I've never seen him play a sport. But is that how it is? Okay, he's like, no, nah, I got a Christ-like attitude. It's fine, right? Okay, here's the thing. I love to compete. But let me talk to you about winning arguments, right? When you win an argument with the people you love, it means that they lose, right? The thing about without your spouse, if I win an ar- argument with Brianna, right, that means that she loses or or I would lose, right? And that's not a win, right? See, and I don't want to scare you guys away from conflict. Conflict's a good thing. When done godly, in a godly way, excuse me, it can actually build trust, right? So man, man, like, I, I love this, man, outdoing one another with brotherly affection, outdoing each other and showing honor. Outdoing one another, I'm going to win in the way of I'm going to say sorry first, right? That's how I want to compete. And why do we need to do that? It's because that God opposes proud, the proud, but he gives favor to the, to the humble, right? Man, you guys, please say you're sorry when you make a mistake. If you make a mistake, own it and don't make excuses for it. Bear Girl is a hero of mine, an outdoor uh, adventure enthusiast. He says it like this He says, When you're right, shut up. And when you're wrong, admit it. All right. So, uh, last week I was with Brianna and we were out to Kind Diego's getting some gringo stars. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Some of you guys are like, It's not English what you just said. Right? If you know, you know. Yeah, you know, you know, you know about that life, Liam, okay? And uh, we were getting it. We were stoked. We had a great day, beach day with Spencer. And uh, we're, we're like like we're like, let's not cook dinner. Let's go get some gringo stars, right? And uh, so we go. we're having a great time. There's a sand pit in the back. me and Spencer are playing with trucks. The food comes out and Brianna ordered pork on her gringo and uh, they gave her chicken. And so uh, she was pretty bummed out. She was super psyched for this meal. We've been in this hot sun. We are maybe a little dehydrated. And she wasn't taking it very well, right? You're right? I mean, I mean, you, Anyone else get hangry, you know? Like, she's struggling in this moment. And so, but here's the tough part, is, like, I'm thinking she can roll with it. It's like, you got chicken. I got chicken. The chicken's great here. But she's not having it, okay? But guess who has to go talk to the people at the of Diego's cash register, right? I'm the one that has to bring the thing up there and say they got it wrong. I'm like, I would roll with it. Can't you just roll with it, right? But she's not having it. So I'm like, okay, like, like, I get it, I might be more comfortable with doing something uncomfortable like this, and she doesn't like it, I'm going to man up, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to do it, right? I'm the one that ordered it, she's watching Spencer, I can do this, right? So I toughen up, and I go in there and be like, hey, like, you got this order wrong. And she's like, like, uh, like, well, what'd you order? I was like, well, I ordered this, but she gave me this, right? I could, I could tell, like, I'm not explaining it well, but she was trying to make it seem like I screwed up, so I just let her know she screwed up. Right, so I didn't practice this verse even with the cash register lady, right? Okay, so I was cool about it. I'm trying to be be whatever. And you know what she does? She just like gives me a little cup of pork. (laughs) Like, all oh, right, you know, and so I've humbled myself as much as I can. I just take the pork and bring it out to Brianna. She's like, what is this? They didn't give you another one, right? And so I scrape it off there, right? And I put the pork on there. And, and, uh, and then she, she, she was still so tore up about the situation because they didn't give us a new one. And then um, uh, she was like kind of yelling at me about it. And I was like, well, you know what? You're welcome for going up there and getting it switched out. And then she just leaves her stuff, goes in the car, right? And I'm like, okay, let me get this straight. I'm the one that has to go up there and get the order right. I I attempt to fix it and you're not happy with the fix it. And now you're yelling at me. And now I have to watch Spencer jacks by myself while you get to go wait in the car in the AC and listen to music and play on your phone. This isn't fair, right? So I go, I play with Spencer maybe like 10, 15 more minutes and I'm just like, who is this person, right? So I'm so sinful. She's so much cooler than me. And uh I go in the car and she immediately is like, Jackson, I'm so sorry. Like, I was acting like such a butthead to you just then, you know, and you were were trying so hard to make it right. And I was like, okay, I forgive you, right? But here's the crappy part, right? In my heart, I was wicked. But on the outside, I was playing it pretty cool to Brianna in many of these ways, okay? And clearly, I'm over it, right? Um, No, I'm just kidding, right? So, but here's the thing. Later on that night, I brought it back up, Right? (laughs) And, like, I was like, hey, and just for the record, if you're mad at me, don't think that getting back at me and leaving Spencer with me, like, is going like, to, like, somehow, like, make things even. Right? You know? And, like, and then it turned into this whole other fight that we already reconciled and we already made up on. And, I, and it, like, kind of ruined our night. And I had to say sorry the next morning. But we said sorry. Okay? Now, where, how do I land this plane right now? I'm a bad husband. Right? Brianna's cool. I need grace. But here, here, here's the point. Can you put the habit back up on the screen for a second? Man, I think that you guys need to practice the habit of being the first one to say you're sorry. Because normally I am pretty good at this. I can actually preach this one with confidence, okay? And it really helps unity remain within our family. And I want it to remain in yours as well, even if you weren't offered it. I was not offered this in my family, right? But legacy is about you taking the torch from where you're at and going even further than your parents did right? That's what God wants for you, right? You're going to be held accountable for the grace that was extended to you and where you went with it. So let's go to this next point. I want you guys, we're going to jump to habit five. Connect with God and yourself before you connect with others, okay? It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, no one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit, and we have received God's spirit so we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us, in Holy Spirit, and we gotta walk in relationship with Spirit. That can't be weird to you. He can't be this forgotten, for, forgotten God that Francis Chan teaches us about, right? And we are Holy Spirit people. Yes, we are about Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, but He's on the throne in heaven. We are people. He says, as Jesus said it's important for you that I go away so that the Holy Spirit can come. Right? We're going to complete the mission of the kingdom of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we can't be weird about spirit. So man, when we look at this text in Corinthians, when it says that the spirit knows us better than we even know ourselves, we gotta connect with him before we connect with other people. Why? Why? Because I think you guys are going to drift from your mission. You're going to drift from your purpose. You're going to drift from your godly habits. Man, I think of the, the, the old hymn we used to sing, that prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. We will wander away from God if we're not daily reorienting ourselves back to who we are. And that is our identity in Christ is that we are children of God. So, man, on a practical level, man, man how can I connect with God? And I'm teaching you guys about habits, right? And, and you've heard it a million times over, and you're going to hear it a million times again because we have to be reminded. That's why we gather together is so that we can be reminded of these things. But a new way that I'm reminding you guys and to, to connect with God is through daily affirmations, preaching truths to yourselves consistently so that I can reshape the... Fi- the uh, uh, chemical and physiological and anatomical functions in your brain and reshape those neural pathways so that you can know who you are in Christ. Now, we want to lead others to God's love. We want to uh, uh, bring them to him, but how can we lead others to God's love if we're not experiencing it ourselves? It's going to be backwards, and it's not going to work. How can we lead others well? Listen to this. How can we lead others well when we can't lead ourselves well? I want you, I want you guys to be like Paul. Like I said at the beginning, he says, for I'm already being poured out like a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing, right? So as every day goes on, are you guys getting better? Are you guys getting bitter? Who are you becoming by the things you're doing? And are you arranging your days in such a, uh, such a way that you at the end of your life can stand before God and say this? That's what good habits are all about. That's how we are going to leave a good legacy. So in two seconds, uh, Connor, can you put up those slides from Levi Lusco? Man, this is how to set goals or habits that will change your life. It says, because if you don't like what you're getting, you have to change what you're doing. So let's look at the first one, bro. Prioritize consistency over intensity. Don't make it so big. Right? Don't don't make it so outrageous that, that you're gonna be like, I'm gonna run ten miles tomorrow, and then after that, thousand burpees, and then after that, three hundred sit ups, and then 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 laps in the pool, and all these things. Man, we need to be doing things that are so small it's nearly impossible for us to fail. He says, lasting change. Go back. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I wasn't done. Lasting change can't happen a day. It happens to hap- It has to happen day by day. Over time, little by little, eventually becomes a lot. And he reinforces it. You can put the next one up, man. Set a goal too small to fail. Victory isn't going to come through one big thing. And now you're undefeated. It's small things continuously repeated. So what can you guys start tonight? Like, man, I want you to practice the things I told you. But man, Chad Vici says it like this. Drink water and go to bed. Right? We can do that. Man, starting small. Make your bed. Right? Small things. And then build upon those. Um, I'm going to pray, and Candace says, I'm praying if you'd come up, okay? Um, God, I love you, Lord, and thank you for these students. I pray, Holy Spirit, that they would desire to uh, arrange their days so that they may may, uh, gain a heart of wisdom, that they would number their days knowing that they're going to stand before you one day, Father God. And I want them to look back at the end of their life, seeing uh, a legacy that was built from daily habits, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, guys, I've asked Candace to come out tonight um, because we've just been through such horrible things these past few weeks, and, um, you know, we, we need to pray for people. Um, we need to have compassion for people. And Candice is just trained in ministering to people who um, lives have been taken from them too soon. She flies over all over the country doing this. And now she's in, in school for even further education in these areas. So um, it's good to have a friend who is, I could do this, right? But why not bring someone who's even better at it? And Candice is gifted and trained and loving in these moments. So um, can you just listen to her for a few minutes before we pray? Okay.
1: Okay, um, how are y'all doing tonight? Good? Um, we're going to talk about a heavy topic, and I, I'm, tr- I'm squinting because I can't see, um, and you guys are spread out. So um, would you raise your hand if you know about the elementary school shooting that just happened a couple days ago? Okay? All right. Will you raise your hand if you, thank you for the light thing, wow. Um, would you raise your hand if you know what happened last week at Buffalo, New York at the grocery store? Okay. Okay, so there are some people that that don't know or maybe didn't want to raise your hand, which is fine. Um, so I'm just briefly going to mention it, um, and then that's kind of what, what I'm going to kind of talk about, and then we're going to pray. Um, we're going to pray for these specific incidents. Um, sadly you know, we're hearing about this stuff and it's becoming more common. Um, But I do want to say the first shooting, you know, recently was was last week and it was race-based. It was actually someone who was targeting black people, um, which is not okay. So that is a tragedy and it's racism and it's wrong. And then the next shooting... Um, which was a couple days ago, was actually, the count that I have was 19 elementary school children and three adults have been murdered. So it's heavy. Um, And honestly, you're a generation that has seen more violence and heard about more violence than any other generation. Uh, Even, you know, my generation, I'm not that old. Some people think I am, but I'm not. Um, We didn't really see these things. They may have happened, but we really didn't see them on TV. You know, those those types of things. So um, I'm just going to briefly, just for a few minutes, talk about grief. Um, It's important for you guys to understand some things about grief. And I just have a few things to kind of keep me on track. But, you know, grief can be emotional, cognitive, functional, behavioral responses to death or loss. So it could be a loss of a job, You know, it doesn't have to be a certain thing. Um, And there are three types of grief that I picked out. There are more types of grief, but I picked out these three because I thought this might be closer to what maybe some of you could experience. The other thing I want to say is, as I'm up here talking, I am in no way saying you should feel any of these ways, okay? Okay. Anybody that tells you that you should feel a certain way, you got to be careful and not listen to them. You may not feel these ways. You will definitely run into people who feel these ways. So you knowing about them can help you minister and love other people because there's a lot of hurting people around us now. So three types of grief. Normal grief. It's a wide range of reactions to loss, Okay. And, and we all go through that. We all go through normal grief. Um, complicated grief is the one that's kind of the not good one that you got to watch out for. And it's the kind of grief that um, has, it causes severe reactions. A lot of times in my profession, we see people when they can't function in life anymore. So that's kind of an indicator. If you can't go somewhere because you're scared that there's going to be an incident, if you can't go to sleep at night, if you don't eat well, these are the types of things that can mean that you have a, an issue that really just needs some help, somebody to talk to, um, and we'll talk about that. And then there's absent grief, and that can be when someone can't even acknowledge the loss, so they just don't grieve, and that's fine. That's, that's, that's not a problem, um, and you won't grieve for everything, right? What's important about what we're talking about today is, as Christ followers, we, we need to grieve, these types of things we need to grieve what's happening in our world and we'll talk about what it could mean if you're if you're not grieving but um so again i just want to be really clear like y- you you may grieve and you may cry and be upset about something that happens and then you're fine and that's okay. That's a normal reaction to grief, but it's only if it causes a problem in your normal functioning that you need to worry. So I'm going to talk about another little thing. It's, um, Mental health and Christianity, sometimes it looks like they conflict, but they actually don't. Anything we learn in mental health, God had already created and already knew. So, praise the Lord for that. Um, but there is one thing that we, t- we sometimes do that I wanted to kind of warn you about. So, <clears throat> we know that there's a lot of hard things that happen in the world. And sometimes we do what's called a spiritual bypass. Bypass. And that means that we just slap a scripture on it and move on. We don't even acknowledge the grief or the sadness. Uh, Sometimes people do this with depression and they're like, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength and they just move on. And the problem with that is that the grief, the depression just doesn't go away. Um, And then you suffer and you think you've solved something. But That's spiritual bypass, and sometimes we do that. But I want to talk about spiritual bypass in a different way. And I wonder if, you know, this applies to you guys. Sometimes it's just easier to put a scripture on it. And so we use that to not grieve, to not think about it. I'm going to be honest with you. Thinking about 19 elementary school children being murdered is very challenging for me. I can't think about it for too long before I start to cry because it's really sad. Do you agree? Yeah. And so we have to be um, aware that we need to grieve, right? And then we need to do something with that grief. Like we don't sit in it. The world will kind of sit in things. Have you noticed that? If they're angry, they're going to stay angry. If they're If they're hating on somebody, they're going to stay hating on somebody. That's not what Christians do. What we do is we feel it, and then we process through with God's word. We process through with people that love the Lord and with our relationship with the Lord, and we do something about it. So I'm going to just talk about um, that for just a minute. I want to talk about um, two responses, okay? Okay. You can, there are two responses to grief. You can experience grief and become stuck. You kind of sit in it. You get angry. I'm sure you guys see a lot of people around you, maybe students around you that are just mad. And, um, you know, for example, there should, we should have gun laws. You know, like they just get mad about it. And they stay there, and they don't do anything about it. They just stay there, mad, mad, mad. And then you, ex- the other thing, the other response to grief is to experience grief and find resolution and meaning. And this meaning, and this is where we live. This is where Christians live, is we're going to feel it, right? Um, we're going to process it. And again, if you have a hard time functioning, if you're scared to go places, you talk to your parents, you talk to a youth leader. You talk to a trusted adult. Um, and sometimes you talk to a therapist. And all you're doing is getting a little bit of guidance, right? Um, and so I'm going to kind of end on that, these two thoughts. If you're stuck, there's just a few signs that you might be stuck, OK? So I'm going to tell, tell you what they are so you guys know. Um, if you isolate, right? if you don't want to be around people, if you have depression, if you have numbness, if you're not enjoying life. Honestly, it could be easy to, to see these types of things and not enjoy life. Kind of think, what are we doing here, right? Um, these are signs that you may be stuck, and you might need to get prayer and talk to somebody and process. Once you talk about it, you usually do feel better, OK? The other thing is to find resolution and meaning. Um, And that is you're going to grieve in a way that allows you to feel the grief, okay? Allows you to be comforted by God. Look up comfort in God in the Bible. You will find he comforts his people. Um, It allows you to ask God to help you as you process. It allows you to trust that he is able to help and that he's able to actually do something about these things. Um, And then you're going to use your grief to help An evil world that needs him. The way you process and grieve these types of things are going to help your soul, but they are also a way that you're showing Christ to other people because there are people that are not handling this well. And when you have Jesus, you can handle it well and you can offer that comfort and hope to them, right? Okay, so we are going to, I'm going to end with this scripture. This is our response to what's happening in our world, okay? Romans twelve seventeen through 21. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Hey guys, thanks so much for spending
0: time with us. If you'd like to learn more about the bridge, please follow us on Instagram at wearethebridge. Also, if you need prayer, send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next
1: time.